0: I split a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two or two You like to sing and dance and this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me is a returning guest. Woo! She was on the Singing in the Rain episode, and I can't remember the other one, but
1: it's Ariana Arman, everyone. Hi, guys. Sorry, Ariana Arman. Arman, yes. She was awesome. And my neighbors, apparently, who have been silent until this very moment
0: fuck them goddamn neighbors do they not know who you <laughs> are what you're doing they
1: do they not know who i think i am
0: they should
1: they should
0: uh so we are here to talk about pirates of penzance,
1: pirates I, sh- of penzance.
0: I sure hope i watched the right version because i watched the 1983 version with kevin that's Clark. the
1: one okay that's the one
0: because apparently there's another version of it.
1: So there are two versions. And, and here's the thing they're the same version. So I mean, it's the same the 90, thing, yes. Yeah. But... So there's the 1980 Shakespeare and the, the Shakespeare in the Park production, which started this whole thing. Uh, and then the 1983 is the filmed version of that. It it, it went to it through a couple of incarnations. It started at uh, Shakespeare in the Park as part of uh uh-huh. season, Um, Joseph Path, all that. Um, and I had 30 performances there. Then it transferred to the Uris Theater in eighty one. I actually took like really good notes on this.
0: Oh good, because I like <laughs> like you quickly... thought I got
1: like yeah, no, you thought I was like really geeking out over um singing in the rain. This this is like this is like my big nerd.
0: Awesome. I'm going to have you do the background on the stage version.
1: Yes. (laughs) So so it ran at the Delacorte Theater from August 5th, 1980, to August 31st, 30 performances. Okay. Okay. Um, And then it transferred to Broadway on January 8th, 1981, at the Eurus Theater, where it ran until August 9th, 1981, and then transferred. Now, there were a couple of different um, things on this. It transferred to the Minskoff Theater, August twelfth, either either August twelfth or August eighth. There were a couple like IBD. That's a
0: four day difference.
1: Right, <laughs> but but basically there was a but there was like no break in performances. It, it started at the Yours and it went to the Minskoff, transferred like the next night, basically.
0: It's, it's always fascinating when shows do that. When mm-hmm. They're like we're like for example when mama mia was in the winter garden a giant theater and then went to like was it the broadhurst or something like ridiculously yeah. smaller and then yeah. i think they also had no break in between moves so it's always, yeah. it, it's always interesting that they are moving shows around and i don't under, i don't understand it they must have some logic but
1: right so yeah, so it ran at the at the Minskoff until November 28, 1982. So, inclu- so it was 787 performances on Broadway, and then if you add the Delacorte production, it was 817 performances total.
0: Which I read on the Wikipedia that that's the longest-running Gilbert and Sullivan show to date. Yeah, <laughs> that version of Pirates of Penzance. That
1: version of Pirates of Penzance.
0: I want to call it Penzance because I have, I don't know why.
1: I, but, it just it sounds very posh, but it is Penzance.
0: <laughs> and the this movie version has the Broadway cast, the 1980 Broadway cast or some of the Broadway cast. So
1: here's the, here's the really interesting, this, this is like another like weird thing about this. So it is pretty much the entire Broadway cast. All the leads are from the Broadway cast um, with the exception of Angela Lansbury. So at um, the Delacorte, it was Patricia Rutledge, um, who, if you watch PBS, you know, as you, you would know her as Hyacinth Bouquet. It's Bouquet, B- 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 K- B- K- dear. Um, so she was the original Ruth. Uh, Estelle Parsons took over when it transferred to Broadway. And then for the film, they brought in Angela Lansbury because, of course, they did. The other really interesting thing about this is so all the leads are from Broadway. Kevin Kline, Rex Smith, Linda Ronstadt, uh, Tony... Uh, uh, I can never remember his last name. I want to say Azito, but I don't think that's it. But the sergeant of police. Um, however, they cast the two main sisters, Kate Edith and Samuel, who's the, like the first mate on the pirate ship. They cast them in England, but they were dubbed by the Broadway performers.
0: I love Edith. Which... <laughs> I don't. I think it's her big fluffy hair. I love her. Think, but yes. But the mo- in the movie, the screenplay was by Wilfred Leach, which uh is based on the libretto by W. S. Gilbert, and music and lyrics by Arthur Sullivan. And it was directed by Wilfred Leach. Did he also direct the the Broadway? He did. Okay. So I
1: think I think this is the only only instance of this ever happening. The Broadway director also directed the film adaptation.
0: Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah. That happens. And according to IMDb, and I have some words to say about this because it's very bland, if you will. <laughs> this is the IMDb summary. <laughs> After a young man leaves a band of pirates, hilarity ensues. Yeah. That's well, that's it. That's it. Whoever I wrote mean, that needs to be fired.
1: The summary of any Gilbert and Sullivan though gets a little convoluted because they always... He, They use all these crazy, like, misunderstanding tropes and and switched at birth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I was asking myself, what the fuck
1: a lot during this
0: movie? Because I don't, I I think, I mean, I get it. It's an operetta? Mm -hmm. Opera? Operetta. 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 Uh, So obviously it's going to be all sung through and with like minimal dialogue, but I'm just sitting there like, what are they saying? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it it does get a little weird when.
1: Whoa! What are they moving? I don't know. It just happens. (laughs) This happens a lot. I'm not even kidding. Until we started recording, they were dead silent, and now they're like. Moving furniture and this happens a lot. I don't. I really want to know what they do up there. Because...
0: <sighs> New York City apartments. I was confused a lot during the movie because of all the words. There's so many words.
1: And it's Gilbert and Sullivan. It's always so many
0: words. Well, I I realize that I know their songs. I don't know their shows. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know Three Little Maids. I knew Modern Major General. I feel like I knew Poor Wandering Soul or whatever it is.
1: Poor Wandering. I, I know you've heard me do that at it
0: Italian*. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I didn't realize how zany they get, if if you will. Because, oh, yeah. like, with the Major Generals claiming to be an orphan and the orphan gag if you will throughout the entire show but i was just i was like what the fuck is going on here they say a lot of words but when you really boil it down it's like a sentence that is what's uh, on how to describe it (sighs) but i mean i did laugh a lot personally Mm -hmm. so why did you pick Is this the only like Gilbert and Sullivan movie version of their stage shows?
1: It's the only movie that was produced at like as a movie. There are some uh, other productions that were filmed for release on like television. Um, Like there's a there's a Mikado production with Eric Idle. Um, There's a company. I want to say it's a Canadian company that did pretty much the whole canon, Um, and it's kind of like. Kind of looks like something you'd see on PBS.
0: Okay, but it was like a a film stage version, not
1: this. Not, but not like like something filmed for theatrical release. So this was actually filmed for theatrical release. Um, There was an issue with it because they also, we didn't have streaming back then obviously, 1983, but they did release it simultaneously on some other like television platform. And the movie theaters got pissed off. And so a lot oh. of theaters actually refused to play it. Oh, so it drama. didn't get the theatrical release that it originally intended, was intended for, because the movie theaters were like, "What if you're releasing it over here, you're taking money from us, and so we're just not going to play your movie.
0: Now, I'm a, I was also a little confused about the concept of this movie. I couldn't tell if it was them doing the perf- production of Pirates of penzance or if it was kind of like a mix of like a golden age backdrop, like movie backdrop where you could tell that it's all fake and everything, but they're pretending it's real. And a with like a modern farce, if you will. I mean- yeah, and- but- that was the concept of the show i read where they were they updated the humor um yeah. and played more into like the airplane and the um what's other what's like other eight like the 80s comedy that set the standard for today basically
1: yeah um, so it, it is meant to actually like to actually be taking place
0: Okay, because you know they start the show. Let's start not the show. They start the movie in a theater, so that's what confused me a little bit. And I think that also ended in a theater. I don't know at the ending. Well, it I was ends just like yeah. What?
1: So the, so there's there's a an inside again. This is like an inside Gilbert and Sullivan thing. So there is also a production of HMS Pinafore happening in the theater yes. that they at the at the end they like they crash it because there was um. It Pirates of Penzance came out after was the show after HMS Pinafore, and it was kind of there. There's there's debate about it being uh, kind of a way to make up to Queen Victoria because apparently Queen Victoria was not thrilled with the way her navy was portrayed in HMS Pinafore.
0: Uh, okay, so that makes sense. Where they're like, uh, "You're under arrest and bow down to the yes. queen."
1: so the rumor is, is is that the ending was basically to appease queen victoria because they are going to arrest them and then they in queen victoria's name and they all all the pirates like fall down in <laughs> tears because of all our faults we love our queen you know? so it was kind of like but we we love you queen victoria and we're sorry we pissed you off with pinafore yeah
0: so wait is hms pinafore actually in the stage production
1: it is not. This That was a device used just, uh, and it's just just for the film. It was not used in stage production.
0: Okay, okay. Because I felt like the HMS Pinafore in the movie was like Chekhov's gun where you see, <laughs> you saw the banner at the very beginning and then it had to pay off later. It, like, it paid off later. Not that it had to because I wasn't expecting it to, but like, the fact that it did I was just like, oh. Chekhov's gun, which for those of you who don't know what that means, it's that if you see a gun in act one, it has to come into play later in the show by like act three, like it has to go off and kill somebody. Yeah. But back to this, back to this, yeah. the show, the stage version I read came out in 1879. Wow. Mm-hmm. This to date, this is the oldest stage version of a movie or TV musical that I've done on this podcast.
1: Oh! Fantastic.
0: I mean, there's a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan... Uh, I feel like Gilbert and Sullivan is the oldest still... Oh, no. Shakespeare. That's it. But Shakespeare doesn't... didn't do musicals. Right. Gilbert and Sullivan I feel like are the Oldest um, musical team that are still in play today. Am I wrong yeah, and, in and saying th-
1: that? I don't think you are. Pretty much, their whole there are full-on repertory companies that do nothing but Gilbert and Sullivan.
0: And there's some other operas that are longer, but like Gilbert and Sullivan is a little weird because mm. you can treat it as opera, you can treat it as musical theater. There's a mm-hmm. there's a balance between them.
1: Right, and it's something that you know it updates very well without really making changes to it in most cases. The themes kind of play out. There's there's nothing incredibly archaic, you know. I mean, everybody everybody's always trying to update the Mikado and, and redo the Mikado, and, and obviously you know that it, it's that one lends itself to uh, you know the list song. Uh, I know uh, I know a performer who who played Coco in that who. Toured with a company and updated the lyrics for that for every city that they were in. You know, so that's just like one of the things, you you know, it it plays very well to a modern audience without making any major changes to like modernize it.
0: Right. Well, in this adaptation, the 1980s adaptation that we're talking Mm -hmm. about here, they actually added a few songs from other Gilbert and Sullivan productions, which harkens back to us talking about singing in the rain and yeah the one that like last that was in the movie was my eyes are fully open Mm -hmm. which is from retigore
1: retigore
0: retigore um i don't i i was going to like research that show but i ran out of time do you know that one at all
1: okay so retigore is one of the more convoluted plots okay it's basically uh, let me see if i can explain this succinctly there are two brothers uh and this lineage that they come from has a curse on it and the curse is whoever holds the title in the family uh, must commit a crime a day
0: okay So they must
1: commit a crime a day if they don't commit a crime a day the ancestors in the paintings <laughs> will come and kill them and like take them to the underworld
0: so each of them have to commit a crime. So it's the right.
1: First. So so just the, the, the oldest. So the actual oldest member of this family has like made himself disappear. So the youngest has now taken the title. But he looks older <laughs> because he is committing crimes every day. And then, of course, the, the, the then there's this whole plot with the girl that he falls in love with. It's very convoluted. It is oh, so convoluted. Man. Um. <laughs> and uh, the way it resolves basically is the true heir says if i refuse to commit a crime and then i am killed essentially i've committed suicide so that is a loophole
0: oh so
1: by not committing a crime he is committing a crime and therefore like and and, you know everyone gets married and looks happily ever after and yes (laughs) my head
0: is spinning my head (laughs) is spinning
1: like it, Retigore is like the most convoluted confusing. Um, I will say that Canadian company that I told you about that produced film versions of it. huh. Do go look that up because Vincent Price is the villain.
0: <gasps> I love it. <laughs> yes. But how does My Eyes Are Fully Open play into um, that
1: show? So My Eyes Are Fully Open plays into that when they discover that the older brother is still living so it's the two brothers and the youngest brother's romantic partner i was okay. trying to figure out that and so like they so it's the younger brother trying to convince the older brother to. you he's he tied obviously does not want to keep doing this thing and he doesn't want this curse on him and how dare you it's your fault and you need to take it over and come back and take over the thing and then uh the the female character is is basically insane her character name is mad margaret <laughs> oh, so God. so it, it's it's the verse that angela lansbury has in, in Pirates that it's you know uh, if i were not a little mad and generally silly, i would give you my advice upon the subject really and it's just you know it's, she's just so it's i mean it's it's fascinating that it was written in
0: another opera operetta whatever we want to call it but in this one it fits the same pattern. so is mm-hmm. that
1: pattern
0: their signature
1: that pattern is a is a signature of gilbert of gilbert's lyrical writing style pretty much every single gilbert and sullivan operetta is going to have a patter song um and in in pirates it's the ma- modern major general in um Ailanthi it's you know when you're lying awake with a dismal headache and it, they've all got Coco uh, the Mikado I've got a little list as sort of the patter song in that that would be considered the patter song it's not quite as wordy as some of the others but
0: but I mean uh, I, I know patter songs like you can range the music and everything and <laughs> the patter itself but it feels like I don't know if they altered it for the for spur- like, if they altered the pattern of that song for this movie. No, they nope, didn't? Nope, that's,
1: okay. that's, 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 that's there, are, there are, and there are very minor, minor lyrical changes. Obviously, um, Ruth sings, um, but at present, I'm afraid I'm as mad as any pattern, so I'll sing the song from Rettigore, it really doesn't matter. And, you know, oh my God. So, I love, you know, so there's I like mean, a little lyric change here and there.
0: I love the pattern and like I I, I watch these movies with the um, subtitles on and I am yeah. so happy I did it with this one because <laughs> otherwise I'd be like, what just happened? I mean, I still did that but like...
1: Right. And learned... I actually watched, and this is actually the first time I've done this. I actually watched it with my score.
0: Oh! Because I was
1: looking for like what some of the changes were from the you know, original. So, I mean, some of that I remember. Some of that I remember because I've done three productions of this show. Uh,
0: of this <laughs> adaptation, or of the original? not
1: necessarily not. This, well, here's the thing: this adaptation has kind of made its way into how the show is done. If you watch any modern adaptation done after this production, especially things like like the Pirate King, like watch any Pirate King, they are all Kevin time somewhere, like. <laughs> like like he is like the quintessential pirate king and there is not one performance since his where you don't see something like some bit that he did or some some mannerism it's like like this is very much Kevin Klein's (laughs) role
0: i i I, i'm sorry i just love the humor in this i don't know what Mm -hmm. it was like beforehand but like
1: it's not that different it's not it's it's not. I mean, it's pretty much the differences in the film and the differences in, in the actual, you know, score, the actual script. It's more cuts than anything else. There are a few little asides, and I think they're mostly from Kevin Klein. Uh, like, like at, um, after Major General, uh, when the when Major General comes in and everybody's saying he is the Major General and Kevin Klein quips it's the same tune as the Pirate as King song. You know, that's all Kevin Klein. Um, I meant more of like
0: the physical comedy well, the of it all. The physical
1: comedy, yeah. That's probably more modern because I think you're still, at the time that this was, was happening, you're still looking at more park and bark performances. <laughs>
0: uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah.
1: Obviously, I think the um, the characterization of, of the police force is very much from this film. Oh my God,
0: they are it's
1: very, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got the reference right away that it was... Um silent film cops and every keystone mm-hmm. cops like you said and like a little charlie chaplin just yeah. a, li- a little bit of him yeah but like their whole choreography i mean bow down to them bless their heart i don't know how many times they had a, how many takes they had to do right <laughs> but like, but not
1: only that but i mean look not this wasn't for the film this was eight shows a week
0: well, I don't know. Is this. it the same choreography that they did? Graciela Daniela. Oh my God. That
1: <sighs> like like pretty much pretty much every main creative person involved in the film was involved with the original Shakespeare in the park. Wow. And into the Broadway production. Like it, like this does not happen in, in musical theater land. In musical theater film land.
0: I think the closest was Mamma Mia.
1: Mm.
0: where you had the writer write the script, the director direct it, but like the cast was totally different.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: the, but the writer director were the same, I believe. I, it's yeah. been so long since I did that show and I'm trying to block it out of my memory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, where am I going with this now? Oh, so Ruth, Ruth, Ruth. let's talk about Ruth for a second. Ruth. I'm a little confused about her intentions. Okay. So, like, let
1: me clear that up for you.
0: So, like, (laughs) let me ask my questions first so you can answer them. At the beginning, you know, Frederick is 21, gets off the boat because of his contract. Ruth leaves with him. Does she want to have sex with him?
1: Ruth wants to marry
0: him. Ruth does want to bang him. Okay, great. Got that. But then when she comes back, which by the way, I was I was watching the movie. When she leaves, I was like, are you going to have Angela Lansbury in the movie and not have her in like the whole thing? But then when she came back, it was a sigh of relief. You know, when she came in her...
1: Yeah, in her whole pirate getup.
0: Fabulous pirate costume. I'm now confused about what her intentions were then.
1: At that point, so Frederick has banished her because he, he she lied to him. Um, Ruth That's told so me she was beautiful because he's never seen another woman before, ever. How <laughs> dare
0: he, first and foremost. <laughs> Angela Lansbury is a goddess.
1: Right. You bow down to her. And even then, she was, uh, she, I think she was in her early 50s then. And he like, was she doing looked-
0: murder, she wrote at this time. And like, I know I, I I know she's like a grandma in that and everything, or a great aunt or whatever, but like you bow down to her. She's a goddamn goddess.
1: Yes. So yeah, so he has sent her off. So she goes back to the pirates because that's the only thing you know, the only thing she's known for the last 20 years. Um and I, I think the goal is she just want, I mean, they all just want Frederick to come back to the Pirates. And I think she also has probably her ulterior motives that if he's back with the Pirates, she can get her little, you know, get her little claws into him.
0: Oh no, Ruth, stop being so (laughs) horny.
1: But, you know, Ruth was the original Cougar.
0: Ooh! (laughs) Well... On stage.
1: <laughs> on stage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Mabel, who is the ingenue, played by Linda Ronstadt, which
1: mm. is a I choice.
0: Mean, <laughs> I mean she was she's known for um, her she what it what it what was it? She won something like ten Grammy awards in her life. Which damn Gina. Uh and she's very eclectic with her music. Mm-hmm. Like I I read that she was in La Boheme um as Mimi. So
1: I did, I did not know about that, but it's possible. But yeah, she, it's
0: She did it after the after Pirates, actually. And I don't know if it's a stage version or not because Wikipedia is being a little bitch to me. As they do. As they do. But like, yeah, she's been uh, she's been around.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Pirates was probably my introduction to definitely was my introduction to, to opera, this, this film, I, I was I want to say like kindergarten or first grade. Wow. Um, yes, because I I remember I remember the house that we lived in and yeah, so so it had to be anywhere from like kindergarten to, to maybe third grade, but I think I think it was like eight. Um so she was kind of my introduction to like that kind of singing, like that high that was probably the first year you know, I I heard that, you know, like cadenza at the end and I went, I want to do that. Um
0: She's a know. coloratura.
1: She what? is not, and one of the things that I verified uh, when I was watching the film this, this the other day, um, they dropped that key two and a half steps.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, which explains
1: explains why you know people were because because I do that. That's the cadenza that I do because that's the cadenza that I heard, um, and weirdly, people don't really do that cadenza, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I've been kind of surprised by the people who weren't familiar with it when I sang it. Uh, and when I sing it, it ends, like, on, you know, that Christine Daae, fan of the Opera, E. <laughs> I'm going to break
0: some glass with my voice. Yeah.
1: And, and, uh, and, uh, and I remember thinking, like, this feels higher. You know, like the first time I sang it with accompaniment than, instead of, like, along with the movie. I'm like, this feels higher. And I didn't really make a connection because I wasn't that musically inclined as far as knowing how music worked. I just sang what I heard. Um, so, like, years later, I was like, oh, because I'm singing at it, like, two and a half steps higher than she's
0: Yes.
1: I mean, so, yeah.
0: She gets the job done.
1: It, she gets the job done. And, she. I mean, I I, I don't know if you've heard the Forbidden Broadway take. Poor warbling star can't sing a bulb in a natural. Yeah. Try as a matter crack every night. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's the Forbidden-Broadway thing. Um, so I don't know how she was, she was managing age shows so But it's also, I think one of the reasons this film will do well for a kind of more of a mainstream, uh, mainstream audience is, yes, she's got that kind of classical color to her voice, but there's also kind of a pop inflection to it. Yeah. You know, which is going to, let's say it's a gateway drug. <laughs>
0: Because when, um, what, I can't remember this. There's so many songs in this movie. Mm. uh, And I feel like some of them were probably cut. If I, there, there's like
1: one, there's like one thing that was cut that, that I had forgotten was cut until I watched it. And like the jump between things confused me.
0: (laughs) There's 28 songs in this whole thing. And it's a little confusing to know when one starts and the other one ends. Uh, But there's this one. I want to say it's when a felon's not engaged to his employment. Mm -hmm. Are are the daughters in that one? No.
1: The daughters are not in that one. The daughters have left. Uh, And here's the thing. They didn't really cut songs. They cut verses. So they cut yeah. the second verse of the Modern Major General. They cut the second verse of uh, When a Thon's Not Engaged. Um, and then they cut, there's like a 32 bar, not even a 32 bar bit uh, between when Frederick meets with the Pirate King and Ruth and then before he leaves Mabel. There's like like a 30 bar thing there that was cut that I don't understand why it's cut because it, it, it makes a, it. But it's like 30 bars it's like nothing <laughs> and it and watching it as well as i know the, the actual score in the show it was a confusing cut to me and it startled me a little bit um but it does it doesn't really not work it's just i think it makes a little bit more sense to have that that bit there
0: but it's so the part that i'm talking about is when it's the daughters are with the sergeants, and, like, Mabel and Edith, my love, uh,
1: <laughs> they growl sing in a way? Yes. So, yeah, that key is dropped. Um, yeah. Go ye heroes, go to glory! Which, again, like, threw me off the first, first time that I did the show, because I was trying to sing, like, Linda Ronstadt, and it's not in that key. So you can't do that kind of mixy, belty thing because that's not where, it's, where it is. <laughs> I really
0: liked that, especially, especially when my my lover, Edith. I, she, she's just like, you go, or right. whatever the lyrics are. And I was just like, ooh, what is this?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Edith, so it's, it's what like are you weird... doing
0: to me? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like it's this weird mixy, belty place that like does not exist in operetta.
0: <laughs> and now I'm upset that it's not that woman singing. No, it's not her. But still, that woman—I'm just like, oh, hello, Edith. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what happened because actually, all the from what I understand, the entire ensemble is is dubbed with the Broadway cast. So I, I think what that. happened is they filmed in the UK and they were like, we can bring this many people over. Like maybe it's like you know an equity contract, SAG contract deal of like how uh-huh. many American performers you can bring over. Um, but they're like, so we can't afford to bring all the performers over, but we can afford to have you dub the English performers.
0: That's so rude. Like,
1: it's so rude.
0: How dare they? Uh, so while I was watching it, though, I I couldn't get this out of my head. I (laughs) would love them to remake the movie like this movie, but have Martin Short play the major general.
1: Oh, but he did.
0: I I thought like. Oh, but watching, he did. Watching the movie, I'm like, this role is for, is for Merton Short.
1: Okay, so a few years ago, most expensive theater ticket I have ever purchased in my life, six hundred dollars. Thank you very much. Jesus um, fuck. Yes. So it was 2011, 2012, I think. The gala performance for, uh, the Delacorte Theater for Shakespeare in the Park did a. Restaging of Pirates of Penzance with, let me tell you the cast Kevin Klein as the Pirate King. I mean, this is why I paid $600 and I was like, take my money. I don't care if I can't eat for a month. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Klein as the Pirate King. Norm Lewis as Samuel. Anika Nani Rose as Mabel. Betsy Wolf was Edith. Stop. Eric Heidel as the Sergeant of Police. <laughs> and Martin Short as the Major General. uh Jonathan Groff was Frederick. I don't care about rhetoric. Yeah, and was Glenn, like, Close, Glenn Close with Ruth. Oh!
0: Uh, God, I, I I, I, tripped over all those names that you just dropped.
1: Uh-huh. And I am so mad that at that time, I did not have the presence of mind to flip the record button on my iPad and get the audio because it was ah, amazing. There is no... I can't find anything. I have looked. I am so mad.
0: All right, well... If any of those actors are listening,
1: yes. So if a, anybody on out there the has pod, a bootleg of this,
0: hey, come on the pod, and B, let's make this recording happen because, like, you could still those people could still do it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I I like absolutely. Liked, well, so the uh, you have Norm Lewis and Anika Noni Rose in, in the cast. Were there Were there other like people of color in the ensemble? I
1: think in the ensemble there were. I, I don't remember specifically. Um, I would have switched anika nani rose and betsy wolf i don't i don't think my opinion somebody can come for yeah. me somebody's gonna come for me but I, I i i think betsy wolf was a better choice for mabel than than anika nani rose Because
0: like I, I get that this movie was made in the 80s but like you have one person of color in the entire movie and he's a pirate in the
1: ensemb- yeah in the ensemble back there
0: and you're, <laughs> you're like, And oh, i'm just baby. like i'm just like mm, i um mm, uh mm, you could done better <laughs> mm. but okay so uh, last question that i have um in the stage version do the cops double as pirates
1: it depends um sometimes they do it depends on the size of the cast it depends on i know one of the productions i did uh yeah, we had we had a lot more pirates and a lot more policemen when there was only one of them on stage.
0: Uh. Well, because there was, I, I was watching this and I'm like, okay, well, obviously it's a movie, so you can be bigger and bolder and everything. But yeah, thinking of the stage version, if they had all those people on one stage, I was like, the stage would break.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it it I mean it's and it's also one of those things where you can kind of vary the number you know it's not a specified number of pirates and a specified number of policemen, so depending on how big your theater is and what your budget is, you know you can have more or less and you can have them switch back and forth as needed you know so it just it just depends it just depends on the house really it's
0: and then that stupid ending where they're all waltzing, and I just love um,
1: it yay. and I'
0: Um, just like what the fuck is happening yeah Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about I mean the music is Uh, okay so one thing I want to say it's Mm. neither I I didn't write it in my sharps and flats because I feel like it's a general statement I want to say Gilbert and Sullivan know how to write for women like vocally oh
1: yeah yeah
0: well i should say sullivan knows how to write for a woman
1: yeah so well sullivan and and sullivan loved women like that's like he never married and he was kind of a boy oh (laughs) oh, yeah he was yeah he he had this uh long-standing affair with with a a mrs mrs reynolds mrs ronald something uh uh he was also a little bit of a mama's boy um, oh. Gilbert, yeah, but he was—he was, he was definitely—he—he—he he, he very much liked the ladies. Um, Gilbert was a little misogynistic. He was married. Um, what?
0: There was misogyny. But, in I know. His what? what? I know.
1: He—he uh, he was kind of a paternal figure to the women in, in the company. He kind of uh, a little, you know, pat on the head, kind of. Women, women' work should be protected. At you know, yeah, but you know, (laughs) and uh, and the other thing is, you know, this operetta especially, a lot of it was Sullivan poking fun at uh, at other popular legit opera of the time. So like Mabel's Waltz for Wandering One, uh, was kind of making, Mabel's like your only true coloratura in the canon. She's the only one who's got all those like fireworks and cadenzas and things. Um, and that was like directly kind of poking fun at like uh, Rossini and a Barbara Seville and at, you know, like, was like all oh, the vocals, but it was kind of, and it was also, you know, um, Cat Like Tread was poking fun, specifically the uh, the abduction from Rigoletto everybody in Rigoletto was going to kidnap Jilda, and they're they're like, r- r- you "We're know, be quiet and stealthy," but they're like really really loud. And you're like, how does nobody hear this? So, it it was musically poking fun at those kinds of things.
0: I I kind of got that when there was that one song where she's doing the fireworks and Frederick mm-hmm. wants to kiss her, mm-hmm. but she's like, "I'm gonna do more runs. Hold please." <laughs>
1: wait, wait, I have more
0: cadenza to sing. <laughs> I, I have more notes. Like, that, I, I was just like, okay, so they're making fun of things like uh, the uh, the, um, the Queen's aria in um, Magic Flute. That's the flute. That's the song. That's, That's the, the one. Show. Yes. And potentially, I don't know if this was out at the time, but the... Um, the dolls aria in Hoffman Tales of Hoffman.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about what I, I, I think I've, I've heard I've heard Un Bocca and I think something from like Cinderella, uh, Rossini. Like I've heard like Rossini specifically mentioned as like that's what he one means. of the
0: things that they're making fun
1: mocking. Of. Yeah,
0: but I mean I don't know if this is also a staple of theirs, but the the daughter's song. I don't know if they have in all of their shows, a group of women singing a song. I just appreciated that too.
1: So like going back to the history of, of the show, um, this actually premiered in New York rather than in England. Oh. Because uh, Pinafore had been pirated. Haha. Uh-huh. ha. Uh, ha ha. Jokes. <laughs> had been pirated and, and done over in New York um, and other places without permission and without copyright. And, and so to secure the copyright, they actually had their premiere performance here in New York. Uh, and they had like a simultaneous performance in like some small town in in England, but like not like a, a real- Not
0: like a West End or anything?
1: No, it, it was like it was like on book, it was like a concert production, like on but like they got, they didn't even have all the music because Sullivan wrote a lot of the music here in, in New York at the last minute. Like the overture was finished like the night before. And so Climbing Over Rocky Mountain, apparently Sullivan at some point in the crossing lost a lot of one. So Climbing Over Rocky Mountain is actually repurposed from one of their early earlier shows, which never gets produced. It's called Thespis because they couldn't remember what he had written for the, the girls to come in on.
0: Good good job. It's, it's, quite- great, it's great that they rate operas with like all the music because then they're like, maybe we can repurpose it. Let's repurpose mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and on that note, let's get into sharp and flat, shall we?
1: Sharp and that. Sharp.
0: Flat. In this section, uh, we're going to highlight some moments, whether we talked about them or not. And if we liked them, it's sharp. And if we didn't like them or thought they could be changed, it's flat. Ariano, I'm going to have you go first with sharps. Sharps. So
1: it's the whole film. Um, just because they did such a good no but because they did such a good job of like not changing it you know I mean there were some cuts made and that's okay Um, but there wasn't anything that was like what the hell is that that doesn't belong anywhere here Kevin Klein, because like Kevin Klein is everything in this movie I
0: (laughs) yeah he again he was another one that like he went away for a while and I was just like wait what
1: Mm mm-hmm He's
0: yeah. the pirate
1: king. He's supposed he's to be the back. pirate king. He is the pirate king. Uh, yeah, no, he's just, just for the most part, just casting in this film. On the whole, is just yeah you know, the the fact that they kept so much of the actual Broadway cast that they didn't you know. I mean, you can kind of say Angela Lansbury was stunt casting, but not really. I mean, she was better known to American audiences probably than anybody else in the cast maybe maybe linda ronstadt i don't know I, i'm not sure where linda ronstadt was in her popularity at that point but the closest thing to sun casting in this film was angela lansbury you know <laughs> and right. she's got a theater pedigree and she, she's not like somebody who didn't understand the, the work because oh she's a name
0: and this is early kevin klein so like he wasn't kevin klein as we know today but he right was... and, and
1: i think he was more known in, in the theater world at that time. I think he, he'd won; he'd already won a Tony for um, *On the Twentieth Century*. Uh, I, I think, I think at this point he was he was, he was more of a, a theater the actor, theater,
0: the theater world. Yeah,
1: uh. yeah. and I think I, I think Rex Smith had kind of a heartthrob, teeny bopper, heartthrob status uh, at the time as well. But well, he's got that weird vibrato, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it is a little it is a little weird. Uh I wrote the stupid comedy, all of it, just any of it that's happens. Uh I really loved the daughters. I mean obviously my Edith is my is my Edith. wife. <laughs> but I really did like that they were strong women the whole time. You know, that um they weren't just like oh look men. Ah. And I fucking loved their tableaus and oh dry the glistening tears (laughs) it's so stupid i fucking love it Mm -hmm. um i really also love the choreography like we talked about we kind of talked about in uh when felon's not engaged in to Mm -hmm. his employment but like stay we must cat
1: like tread
0: cat like tread we we didn't have
1: all those russian kicks and nonsense that kevin klein
0: was doing yeah Stan, we must not lose our senses and uh when the foeman bears his steel i think all those are the cops the cops that those I think are all cops
1: on
0: i've loved ruth's pirate costume i want it 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 won't fit me but i want it and then i really did like with cat like tread as a whole as well as I am the very model model of the mo- modern major general. I can't say it, <laughs> but out of words. it's kind. Of, I don't. I don't know if you saw this. It's kind of funny watching them lip sync to the patter songs because it doesn't. Sometimes doesn't match up. Doesn't
1: quite.
0: Yeah. It's a little. Even even our our beautiful Angela Linsbury, um flubs a little. Hmm. Blay, I was just watching. I was like, "Oh, Angela, you're not known for patter, <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing beautifully. I love it." Do you have any flats?
1: Um, a couple. I mean, obviously not bringing in all the Broadway actors, but having them dub,
0: <laughs> right? Like, have have my lovely Edith sing? God damn it! Right,
1: right. Have have you know? Yes, have them all. all do their own. You know, so that that I mean, that's always kind of a a weird thing for me and, and any film musical where they have a performer who doesn't do their own singing. It, it's kind of, especially if something, something like this, that's pretty much sung through, like they don't have lines or that many lines. So <laughs> the performance is the singing, right? And, you know, the character is the singing. Um, but, you know, at least, but then like kind of on a sharp, they did have the Broadway performer do the dabbing. So they didn't like completely put them out of the job.
0: <laughs> right. But like my, my lovely Edith, like, come on. I know. And who's the other one? Mary? Kate. Oh, Kate.
1: Kate. So yes, the, the, the ongoing joke uh, in most productions that I've done has been uh, you can't have your Kate and Edith too. I know.
0: I'm out. End meeting. I know. <laughs> uh, for my flats. I just wrote that. I was confused the whole movie. I got the gist of it. I got the story. But, like, the way that they go about with some of the songs, I was just like, what are you saying? Like, what is going on here? Uh, but, I I mean, now that we've talked about it, I get it that it's a parody of sorts. Mm-hmm. So, it kind yeah, of makes re- sense.
1: Yeah, they refer to it. I've got, like, this bit here. I, I will show you my big... Giant Gilbert and solo Oh Jesus! Well. Uh, I yeah. need a
0: picture of that for the yeah. For I'll the send Instagram. you a picture of that.
1: um But like they they talk about it as being a burlesque of music uh, of opera.
0: Not the burlesque that we currently know, but uh, not the burlesque of the that time. we cur-
1: yeah, but of the time. So yeah, it was it was built kind of like built as a burlesque of opera.
0: Okay. um I also did not like Frederick being a straight white man. There's a lot of scenes that he's that he's that. I mean, that's how he's written. Uh, I mean, where he denies Ruth because uh, he's like, you lied to me for being, for thinking that you're pretty. When, I mean, Ruth has the right to think that she's beautiful.
1: Well, it's not, it's not just that. It's it's that he's simple. He's not very bright. You know, I mean, his whole, his whole thing and his whole raison d'etre is duty and his sense of duty. And he's going to leave mabel because oh like, we didn't even talk about this plot point which is kind of important it's so uh- <laughs>
0: stupid
1: <laughs> he was so if you don't know uh frederick was born in leap year so he is indentured to the pirates until his 21st birthday, birthday.
0: but and he's just had a
1: birthday and it's his 21st and he's 21 however he was born in leap year so it is he's only five and a quarter because he
0: was born uh, on his, the 29th yes. of February and yes. they found a loophole in his contract and it's like so that
1: was the, the, the loophole in the contract is that you are indentured to us until your 21st birthday, not your 21st year and so he is so and, and he says you're not going to hold me to that and, and they say no we're not going to hold you to that, but we appeal to your sense of duty. My sense of duty duty is above all and by any means I will do my duty and so he throws everything over. That he you know, he's he's his plan to eradicate the pirates and eliminate them for his sense of duty. So this is like this is a product of the time. <laughs> it's it's
0: just... so stupid, but I loved it. Uh, <laughs> and then I also did not like the rapey nature of the pirates. It felt like a little they're pirates. I mean, yes, they're pirates, but they're it felt, pirates. It felt a lot like Seven Brights or Seven Brothers for me.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Where I mean, I, I I know historically, like, pirates are out on sea, like, months, years at a time. There is the cabin boy <laughs> for them to relieve some stress, but, like, the touch of a woman or whatever partner they desire <laughs> is, is obviously different, but I was just like, this is, like, seven, like, some of the ways that they treated the the daughters was seven brides with seven brothers territory that I was not here for. And if you want to hear more about my thoughts on that, you can listen to my episode. I don't remember what... It was episode seven, believe it or not. It
1: was, oh, see, that would have been that... And if you planned it that way, that would be
0: amazing. I
1: did? <laughs> you did. I did. But let's, but let's also look at... You, Let's let's also look at they weren't planning to rape the sisters. They weren't planning to rape the daughters. They were planning to marry the daughters.
0: They had a rapey nature. Like it, I'm not saying that they're going to rape them, right? But, I mean, the, Kevin Klein is kissing them without their consent. So, well,
1: yes, Kevin Klein is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that choreography, I just fucking loved it too. Because like they're the pirates are grabbing the daughters and like chaos is happening and then kevin klein is like i'm gonna kiss each and every one of you <laughs> he's gotta
1: he's gotta find the right fit
0: <laughs>
1: oh
0: it's so weird <laughs> uh, what songs would you add to your life's playlist if um, any
1: i i mean i i've got these I the from the score movie. somewhere on my from from no had, well not the movies because i don't know if they made a report there is a recording of the Broadway production. I don't know if there's a recording of the the film. I, mean, I don't know the if there was a film recording. To to but it's them. the same thing. Yeah, there's just a few differences. Um, but I I love Cat Light Red. That's like that's like a nice fun upbeat thing. Um, my eyes are fully open, you know, which is not actually from Pirates. Um, <laughs> and um, and obviously, you know, I you know, I, I, like, I I've done several productions of this, and, you know, Poor Wandering One is, is definitely a go to thing that I do. And I, like I said, I do Linda Ronstadt's cadenza. Uh, so
0: <laughs> I wrote down Climbing Over Rocky Mountain because, hello, um, Modern Major General because I do love a good patter, When the Foreman Bears a Steel, and Cat Like Tread.
1: I should send you, I have somewhere, uh, I have a recording, a music box recording of Pirate's music of, and, and like climbing over Rocky Mountain on like one of those big like music box discs. Yeah. Is kind of amazing.
0: <laughs> Ooh. And on that note, we've come to the end of the episode. Ah. Is there anything you would like to plug or promote?
1: all right sure i mean i'm sure at some point i will be doing winifred somewhere um god i
0: hope so god
1: i hope so i, I would hopefully we'll be doing it you know live in front of people this year instead of virtually uh. um so please delta variants go away and leave us alone um because i'm over you uh
0: and start <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, yeah, uh, we are hopefully going to be doing some Sanderson sister Halloween themed stuff. That's, you know, that's the hope. Uh, we do have another uh, film production in the works, but I'm hoping we'll actually be doing some live appearances. Uh, hey, get in contact with John. He'll get you in contact with us. We'll come crash your party as the Sanderson sisters because, you know,
0: it's true. that's I what mean, we I, do. <laughs> I, I leave your, uh, the DMT. Uh... Oh, yeah, the
1: DMT productions. So DMT.PROD at Instagram probably the easiest way to get a hold of us. Um, so yes, we will come crash your party. I'll come crash your party. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where our Sarah is. Uh, if she's in New York or not at the moment, but uh, hell, oh, uh, she's you know, in hell. Ma- Mary, yes, yeah, but uh, but Marion Winifred will definitely come crash your party.
0: Sarah will be on the phone with you guys. <laughs> Sarah will
1: be on the phone. We we will zoom her in.
0: And then she's, what? She's, a- got,
1: she's got that. And then. Uh,
0: where can people reach
1: uh, you people can reach me on my instagram is at lady aria with an underscore at the end um or you can reach me through my website which is arianaarmon.com a-r-i-a-n-n-a a-r-l-o-n dot A- com
0: do you uh, forget how to spell your name
1: you know what so uh, No big secret. That's a stage name. That's not my real name. And I did uh, not not my legal name. It is my real name. Nobody calls me anything else. Uh, And I did not realize when I picked that name, how many similar letters I did not think about that. How many letters repeat themselves?
0: There's three A's. (laughs) There's
1: there's many A's. There's many R's Uh, and N's. So, yeah. Um, So sometimes when I'm like verbally spelling it out, my brain shuts down and I have to. Think about what it did is, did I say
0: that one A or did I say I give second you A? all
1: the right A's and N's because that's where it gets confusing? <laughs> and if you want
0: to reach out to me in the podcast about Pirates of Penzance or you know to get in touch with Ariana Arman, uh, who will sh-
1: talk to you far more about it than you ever wanted,
0: <laughs> she will. She will. I, I have to limit her to about an hour because that's how long these episodes are. Uh, there's
1: so much we didn't talk
0: about. <laughs> I know, there's a lot, but like...
1: <laughs> it's all good, it's all good.
0: <laughs> uh, you can email me at butasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at butasongpod. Tell us what you think of it. Am I Am I the only one that was confused? I mean, granted, this is my first time seeing this, so I don't have the attachment that Ariana had with it i don't think anyone does cuz <laughs> five or six watching this movie goddamn uh and if you want to be part of the next episode we are talking about swiss army man i know it's not a musical but my guest put up a good argument and i don't think she's wrong you got to listen to the episode to figure it out yourself Oh, my God. Ariana, do you see the pirates coming out in the distance?
1: <gasps> oh, no.
0: Let's run away like the townsfolk Let's run did. run away.
1: Run away. Run away, my hot. Bye.
0: <laughs> Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast.
1: Bye again everyone and have a musical day.